0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mouthing Off with Mike. Mouthing Off with Mike. Mouthing Off with Mike. right, everybody, welcome back into Mouthing Off with Mike. Joined by me, always your host, Mike, covering all things from professional wrestling, from WWE to AEW. And now if you've listened to the past uh, 11 episodes of the show... You know that up to this point, we were doing one episode per week coming out Sunday morning covering WWE, AEW, and a couple other wrestling companies if they were newsworthy and notable. Now, this week's episode and the episode that you're going to listen to here in just a moment is going to only talk about WWE. And when I say only talk about WWE, we're only going to discuss Raw, NXT and SmackDown, as well as any sort of news, rumors, anything along those lines, that's going to be in this episode. If you're listening to the episode and you want to hear all about AEW, you don't care about WWE and vice versa, then don't worry. Sunday morning, tomorrow morning, your episode will be live covering all things AEW, as well as some other promotions out there that, like I said, may be... Newsworthy. So, without further ado, I welcome you formally to the first episode of the WWE only Mouthing Off with Mike show. And we're going to go with the title from here on out for the WWE episodes Are You Not Sports Entertained? Sit back, relax, get yourself a cold beverage, maybe something fun to smoke on, and we'll be right back with monday night raw stay tuned with Mike. all right guys so let's get into it you heard the intro you know the deal now when it comes to the show we're talking wwe this episode don't feel rushed i don't feel like i have to squeeze in my thoughts into you know under an hour hour and a half Obviously, last week's episode with the debut of Collision on the AEW side completely derailed uh, the flow and the style that I went with with the show. You know, you could definitely hear it in my voice towards the end there. You know, we were getting into dangerous territories when it comes to exhaustion. So I'm happy to finally kind of bring everything full circle, do an episode for WWE, do an episode for AEW. And let's get into WWE starting off with Monday Night Raw, and now this week's Monday Night Raw was live from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and we did see the return of Logan Paul, Cleveland's own, uh, and we also saw a return of someone else here on Raw. Now, before I get to that, I want to talk about how we started this episode of Monday Night Raw off this week, and we were starting this episode off with none other than our world heavyweight champion, Seth freaking rollins as the trend has been continuing since seth won the title here at night of champions we're gonna get an open challenge for the world heavyweight championship now we know and i'm getting ahead of myself we know that seth has a match against braun breaker on nxt this week tuesday night but we are gonna see a seth rollins open challenge on raw so i was excited for it i was really curious to see who they were gonna go with here with cleveland there a lot of a lot of murmurs, a lot of rumors out there that Johnny Gargano, you know, Cleveland's son, Cleveland-owned uh, Johnny Wrestling was going to answer the open challenge. I personally would have marked out for that match, Johnny versus Seth for the world title on Raw. Wow, that's a big one, right? Especially in Cleveland, his hometown. But unfortunately, before we could even get into the potential of maybe a dream match, Seth freaking Rollins is viciously attacked by the Prince. Finn Balor. And Finn is not happy this week, guys, on Raw. Finn comes out, beats him up from behind, takes him out, throws him in the steps, throws him on the desk, hits him with one, two, but three coup de gras, three stomps to the chest, to the ribs of Seth. Seth is in terrible shape to start Raw. Unfortunately, as I kind of expected watching Raw to start, we're not getting the Seth Rollins World Heavyweight Championship Open Challenge. Now that's a mouthful. Unfortunately, we're not getting it tonight, guys. I was a little upset, but for the sake of storyline, for the sake of progressing the, the rivalry between Finn and Seth heading towards their explosive match at Money in the Bank here in just a week, I think this was the right decision. It Paints a lovely photo here for us. Paints a beautiful picture. Finn is pissed. Finn is pissed about last week how the crowd didn't let him get his his promo in. He's pissed about the comments Seth's made over these last couple weeks about, you know, one of us got better, one of us got bitter. Your title reign lasted only a day. Mine's already elapsed that. So Finn is just not happy. Because of the attack on Seth, no open challenge, as I alluded to, we do get a return on Monday Night Raw. And we get the return of the black heart of NXT, Tommaso Ciampa. And I will tell you guys right now on this show, I marked out like a little kid again. Like the 2008 Royal Rumble when John Cena came back at number 30, I marked out. I was so excited to see Ciampa back on my television screen. Been a big fan of his since I was introduced to him during the Cruiserweight Classic then his time in NXT, uh, and thankfully, this go-around with Champa on the main roster, he has No One Will Survive, his, in my opinion, goaded theme song from NXT. Before we get to the return of Champa here, The Miz is out here as well, claiming that he was going to accept the open challenge of Seth. The Miz doing Miz things, right? Miz always, even when he's losing matches, he's winning in life. He's He's got the reality show, he's a permanent fixture on Monday Night Raw, uh, you can call him up to do just about anything, all-star games, all-star basketball games, show up on a game show, and, and he's married to Marie. So with that, you're winning at life, too. The Miz and Ciampa, we get the match between the two. We know the history between Miz and Champa from before Champa got hurt. The Miz was kind of his his mentor. Champa was kind of like his lackey for a little bit, and then we didn't really get the payoff on that story. This was probably the direction they were headed all those 10 months ago when the pairing had started, and now we finally got the the match here on Raw. Champa gets the win. Great match here. So happy to have Champa back. Healthy, raring to go. He cuts an insane promo that is a WWE.com digital social media exclusive. Uh, One of the best promos that I've seen um, from him, of course, in a while. He hasn't been around, but also from Raw this Monday. Uh, champa just impassioned he was going to answer seth rollins challenge before finn attacked seth uh, and it's just insane guys now after this match is over and kind of like during it we talked about how finn beat the living hell out of seth seth is backstage here as well uh, and finn keeps the beat down going so after seth Gets his shit stomped in to start RAW. Before we get to the Miz and the Champa match, Finn was on his ass all night. So uh, I don't know if if you guys are, are familiar with the uh, the Chappelle show from back in the day. Man, I sound old saying back in the day, but there was a skit about the the player haters ball uh, and and player hater of the year Buck Nasty and there's a few other player haters. But man, Finn is player hater of the year for Seth Rollins, and I love to see it after Champa and the Miz. You know, we do get uh, a couple backstage promos, um, but we also do get Katana Chance and Kaden Carter taking on Chelsea Green. I should say like Samantha Irvin, Chelsea Green uh, and Sonya Deville. Man, Samantha Irvin is just like one of the best ring announcers that we've ever had uh, i think in wwe so we get a tag match kaden uh, and katana taking on chelsea green and sony deville the complaints department as we all like to call them as adam pierce likes to call them we got a great match here from all four ladies katana and kaden finally get their main roster debut and hallelujah thank the wrestling gods i was i was a little salty when they lost that incredible match to Rhonda and Shayna. So I was a little upset about that whole thing. We got the win back here. Great match. Chelsea and Sonia, they really... Wins and losses, like, I know they matter, but for those two ladies, it doesn't really matter for them. They are so good. They're, they're great characters on television, especially Chelsea Green, who we got an awesome video package of a... Phone, going through TikTok. I'm sure all of us have done it before, you know, seeing the crazy Karen videos. There was a couple really funny ones. They, they, they recreated the John Cena listening to music meme. If you guys have seen it, um, they make fun of the whole Taylor Swift concert thing. There's a couple really funny memes there, like some cat ones as well. But they really do a great job of, of parodying some of those Karen Gone Wild videos that we've seen with Chelsea Green being the Karen. So awesome stuff, guys. If you did not catch that uh, video package, that vignette for Chelsea, go back, check it out on the WWE socials. I'll try to I'll try to repost it here on the Twitter. Man, that was hysterical. I really can't wait to see what we parody next when it comes to the crazy Karen videos that, quite honestly, we've gotten a ton of content on in the internet. I don't think they'll ever have a shortage of Karen parody videos for Chelsea Green anytime soon. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers. I think on the woman's side of the the. The roster rehires from the Triple H, you know, era, takeover, whatever you want to call it. One of the best women's wrestlers out there. One of the best re-signings for WWE. And quite frankly, one of the better re-signings out of the bunch. The sky is the limit for her, uh, as well as Sonya. You know, I I would have expected to see Sonya in Money in the Bank this year. We don't get that this year. I, I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Uh, I definitely would have liked to seen Sonya in the match. Obviously, they're going a direction here with that Becky storyline where everybody in that match is her enemy. Really good stuff for Katana um, and Caden. Like I said a couple weeks ago, those two ladies will be holding tag titles very soon. You know, within of course the next couple months. Once we kind of see what's going on with this tag team unification that we're going to see on Friday, this Friday. Now looking at this. Last week, if you recall on the show, I had spoken about how Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin were scheduled to have a match against Indashir. Now, we didn't get that match last week. The boys, the Indashir boys, come out, beat the brakes off of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and I'm a big fan of these guys. I really loved Shelton Benjamin as a kid. He was one of my favorites, and Cedric Alexander became a really big, I became a really big fan of his during the Cruiserweight Classic uh, era, and then kind of into the 205 era live era of wwe so these guys are extremely talented yes i know shelton you know he's he's older now he's in that role of putting over the younger guys that we're seeing more and more of but i still would like to see a little bit more prominence for shelton guys a multiple time intercontinental champion united states champion tag team champion industry beat them I, I guess you can call this a squash match you can call it whatever you want here but industry beat them in, in quick fashion now a lot of people have been saying like listen Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, let's get them the NXT like we've seen with Mustafa Ali and Baron Corbin and Dana Brooke from last week. I have to agree here, guys. We are we really need to really somehow find a way to get Cedric and Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, you know, rebuilt or repackaged. The Hurt Business stuff, guys, it's over and done with. The Hurt Business is not coming back, at least in the near future. Now, I would love the Hurt Business to return because in my personal opinion the hurt business was the you know the modern version of the nation of domination could have had a run almost as dominant if not more dominant than nation of domination and they were booked for that way for a while and just nothing really came to fruition about it you know i know mvp talks about it a lot he really wishes that that was something that you know, really never broke up. Uh, I do too. And I know a lot of fans do as well. So one of one of the bigger missed opportunities for a faction, especially when you have four talented wrestlers, Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and of course, MVP pulling the strings. Uh, it's just one of those things that I, it's a head scratcher for me to this day. Next up, guys, I talked about... Two returns to Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. The second of those returns, Logan Paul, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Logan Paul comes out. We all knew where this was going, guys. I I just don't understand. If we were going to do this from the beginning, obviously, I know you have to, you get people invested in the weekly shows with the Money in the Bank qualifying matches, but if we're just going to, make up the rules. Hey, you know, all these guys had to qualify. Here's Logan Paul, media, you know, mega star on social media. And he just gets to stand on a ladder in the middle of the ring and say, yeah, I'm in the Money in the Bank ladder match now. And he is. So there you have it, folks. We all expected this. Logan Paul is now a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match next Saturday at the Money in the Bank premium live event in London. Logan Paul cuts a promo, but... Before he can really get those those words out, here comes every single competitor for money in the bank, and I was shocked that we got the SmackDown superstars as well. We got Santos Escobar, we got Butch, we got yeah, the real megastar, yeah, 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 l a Knight, yeah, l a Knight comes out and just verbally lashes. All of these Money in the Bank competitors, including Mr. Social Media megastar Logan Paul with a promo that I can only describe to you as super hot fire. And if you know, you know. Logan Paul is cooked in the ring. LA Knight comes out. The crowd, the the pure, genuine uh, shock from the Cleveland crown that LA Knight was there. Insane, guys. Crowd loves LA Knight. You compare Christmas time till now, it is night and day difference of how freaking over. And this term gets used and abused so much in the modern uh, professional wrestling era. Over. This guy's over. This girl's over. That tag team's over. They're over. They're so over. L.A. night is over. That man is over. Just like Seth Rollins is over. L.A. Knight, yeah, is over. He hits Logan Paul with, well, you call yourself a megastar. You're making YouTube videos for 14-year-old girls. Boom. Big pop for me for that. Logan Paul even kind of raises his eyebrows and is like, damn, I just got cooked. He cooks the rest of the other Money in the Bank competitors, fries them up, leaves them. Everybody starts brawling. Logan Paul flies over the top rope. And I tweeted out on the socials, you know, let me guess, Logan Paul is going to pull his best Jeff Hardy impersonation and he's probably flying off a 30 40 foot ladder through tables through another ladder. There's going to be a crazy spot. Him Ricochet, we saw it in the Royal Rumble. We're probably going to see something just as crazy, if not crazier because Logan Paul is he lo- he loves the business now. Like he's he's infected, guys. If you've caught some of his interviews outside of uh, WWE in the last couple weeks, months on his show Impulsive and a couple other shows he showed up on this guy is fiending to get back in the ring. He fell in love with wrestling, and, and I'm happy to hear that because a guy like Logan Paul, yes, history and all that, but he does bring additional eyes to the product, guys, and I, I hate to admit it. Now, do I want to see him win money in the bank? Absolutely not. That, that should be an LA Knight thing, yeah. Uh, 100%, the guy is naturally over. Like You want to talk about over here, right? I'm, I'm going to branch off and kind of get into this. Roman Reigns was hand-selected to be the guy by Vince McMahon all those years ago. You know, Royal Rumble, Philadelphia is what I can think of. The crowd booing the shit out of his win with the Daniel Bryan thing. You know, then you had the, the, the now the, the, what, six or seven WrestleMania main events he's had over the last seven years. Uh, on top of the multiple championships he's won, the prestige that he's carried, you know, just the, the amount uh, of investment that went into Roman. Guys, I don't... A lot of wrestling fans here have come and gone over the last couple of years. If you guys really remember, Roman was not over like this in the beginning. Now, I I obviously know Roman. You know, he is an NXT through-and-through guy built through the developmental program, one of Dusty's kids, you know, one of the original Dusty's kids. And and yes, I know LA Knight, he's went, you know, from Impact to to NWA and a couple other promotions throughout his career. But, But guys, the point remains. If they would have had the natural over that LA Knight has now with Roman Reigns, they would have strapped the rocket to Roman immediately. So why are we not doing the same? There's there's all these rumors and and all of these dirt sheets want to put him out there like, oh, he's older. And it was just an interview that dropped today about how, you know, somebody in the past had said, oh, you're 40. Well you'd be a good manager. I mean, a lot of that's invalid, guys. Wrestlers really don't hit their peak until they're in their late 30s, early 40s, guys. Like, come on now. We've been watching wrestling. Goldberg's held the title. Brock's held the title. Uh, Cody, believe it or not, is almost in his 40s, guys. I think, I believe he's 37, 38. Uh, Finn Balor's over 40. Bobby Lashley, I don't really want to hear about this age thing when we're giving titles to, you know, 54-year-old Goldberg at the time. So. I digress. A little bit of a tangent here about the LA Knight thing. LA Knight is over, guys. And if he does not win Money in the Bank, it's going to be Logan Paul. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Paul cashed in at SummerSlam if Seth was still champ. Now, we're going to have to see what happens, of course, after Money in the Bank. My money's on Seth to retain. um, But anything can happen in the world of WWE. And a lot of that's been kind of popping up the last couple weeks. So kind of going from the really high here, I felt, uh, of of the Money in the Bank kind of hype segment here, going into a really great technical, uh, hard-hitting match with Matt Riddle and Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium. Matt Riddle beats Kaiser, but of course, guys, after the match, you guys know that Gunther uh, and Kaiser are going to attack him, and they beat the shit out of him, and they target his leg. They take his leg out, much like he had taken giovanni vinci's leg out just a a couple weeks ago here on raw in the backstage area we could see matt riddle versus gunther for the intercontinental championship at money in the bank and if it were to happen i think it'd be a great match um i've been calling for an aggressive an aggressive side of matt riddle to be shown and and it's starting to show up these last couple weeks you know him freaking out you know snapping vinci's leg in the back and And now this week, you know, really having a great match with Kaiser. And then, of course, getting attacked by Gunther. I think we're going to see a little bit of a a meaner side to Riddle. I really hope so, guys. He is so talented. So we get the Viking Raiders uh, versus Alpha Academy here. Maxine was shown earlier in the night. There was a segment of Maxine and, and Gable training. Now he's showing her how to do a suplex. This week on the ringside, Maxine hits a great suplex to Valhalla. While that's happening, Cad's distracted. Eric gets the win. Viking Raiders steal a victory here from the Alpha Academy. Great little match here. I absolutely love the dynamic of the Alpha Academy now that we have Maxine. Dupree, in the words of Samantha Irvin, like I said, Samantha Irvin, the goat. We love you, Samantha. Love the dynamic with the Alpha Academy, with the addition of Maxine. She's fun. She's she's quirky. Like it just it just clicks on all levels for me personally. You've got a guy like Otis, uh, who you know kind of was a comedy act for a bit, right? Uh, now he's kind of getting serious, but he's always he's always tend to lean into the funnier side of professional wrestling. His style, right? Chad Gable is a guy who can do it all. Uh, Funny, serious, you know. Listen, the guy was shorty G for almost what? Like a year and a half, two years almost? And he made it work. He makes this work, guys. Like, I I can't give the guy enough props. I love their dynamic. I really cannot wait to see where their story progresses. I'm sure next week we'll have another training segment with Maxine backstage. Maybe Chad's showing her how to drop a DDT or something. I have no doubt it's going to head into some sort of mixed person, uh, six You know, mixed six-person tag team match down the line with Valhalla, the Viking Raiders taking on Otis, Chad, and Maxine of Alpha Academy. And I hope it does happen. Uh, It would be really a a fun match. Now, after this, guys, we're going to get a rematch from Night of Champions with The Boat, best of all time, Natty, taking on Mommy, your Women's World Champion, Rhea Ripley. Uh, and, And guys, just like the match at Night of Champions... Not a lot to talk about. Rhea attacks Natty before the match starts. The bell hasn't even rung. She beats the piss out of Natty. Uh, right now, the storyline with Natty, uh, and she's kind of been alluding to it on Twitter, is like she doesn't know if she's got it anymore. She doesn't know if she can hang with the new girls, the new women. Uh, you know, so she's doubting herself. I, I have no doubt that this is going to turn into some sort of angle for her. Maybe we get a little bit of an edgier side from Nat. Maybe she gets some backup. She forms a tag team. I'd love to see maybe her and Emma. Uh, who ha- I haven't seen much on TV. Um, there's a couple ladies, you know, um, Piper Niven, uh, Dewdrop, formerly known as. I'd love to see you know mix it up. Uh, you know, you got Nikki Cross there. So there's a lot of ladies that you know you could really get Natty to to gel with and set her up in a tag team. Um, or maybe we're gonna give Natty a whole new character. Maybe we're gonna give her a new persona. You know, she's been in the WWE for going on 15 years. I believe she's the longest uh, women's tenured superstar on the roster right now. So rightfully so if she gets a, a little bit of a, of a spruce up or a shake up, uh, I think that would be great for her. I love Natty. I've always been a big fan of Natty's. I just don't think she gets the respect and the props that she deserves. Uh, unfortunately, she's one of the best. She's trained by a family of the the best, you know, the heart dungeon, the heart family dungeon, you know, father, Jim, the Aunt, Anvil, nine you know, um, uncle's Bret Hart. What more could you ask for, guys? Like, uh, I would love to see Natty get the respect and the flowers that she deserves. She's one of the best to ever do it. Lace up a pair of boots. So hopefully we get a little bit of a a different side of Natty coming up. After this, guys, we did get an announcement that we are going to have one final women's Money in the Bank ladder match qualifier. And it's going to be Trish Stratus taking on Raquel Rodriguez. And I got guys, I've always been a big fan of Raquel's NXT till now. I think she is... Very, very, very damn good, and has the potential to be on that same level as Bianca, Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey. the The sky's the limit for Raquel. Now, Trish and Raquel are having a good little match. Uh, I love a little bit of a playback here. You guys were, were taking a way back to the Attitude Era here for some of my listeners. Uh, if you if you weren't around for the Attitude Era, I'm sorry, but. We get a little bit of a of a kind of a callback to a moment from Big Daddy V, Viscera, when he shakes Trish in the bear hug from, oh man, it, I would have to look it up in the archives, but it's it, it's from an episode of Raw from a very long time ago. Uh, Raquel does it, and she sells it the same way, Trish. Now, this is a great match going on. I thought Raquel was going to qualify, but we all kind of knew Becky's not going to let Trish qualify. Trish has Zoe at ringside. Becky comes out. She takes out Zoe, boom, that's done. Trish gets involved in a in little bit of the of the side fighting here. And Becky grabs Trish by the hair and throws her off the barricade. And in turn, getting Raquel disqualified. And Trish Stratus has qualified for Money in the Bank. Guys, 47-year-old Trish Stratus. The first main event of Raw, her and Lita. 47-year-old Trish Stratus is going to be in a ladder match for her first Time and her first Money in the Bank ladder match. So I am pumped for this, guys. Absolutely pumped. And I'm I'm gonna talk about it. I I alluded to it earlier in the episode. Becky, every competitor in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, every competitor in that match besides Zelina, has beef with Becky, and Becky has beef with them. Io Sky, Bailey, Trish, Zoe. It's insane, guys. Becky is going into this match. With no friends. Maybe her and Zelina work something out in the match, but with no friends. So Becky, the story there is definitely Becky is overcoming all of her enemies, current and past, to win money in the bank and probably maybe successfully cash in on Rhea. Rumors have been swirling by, by the dirt sheets that there's gonna be an unsuccessful women's cash-in this year because every women's cash-in has been a success. Uh since it's, you know, it's only been around for a couple years now, but I could see it happening. I very well could. I guess time will tell. So Raquel and, and Becky have a little bit of a, of a post-match uh, kind of in their face. You know, and Becky's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Irish, you know. And and, and Raquel's like, I had it under control. And Becky's like, I know. I'm sorry. It's, it's just funny stuff, guys. After this, getting into another rivalry that I'm, I'm a very big fan of right now. Bronson Reed, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet. Now, you saw Shinsuke and Ricochet earlier in the night in the Money in the Bank ladder match segment with Logan Paul and all the competitors coming out, and LA Knight you know, roasting everybody and giving the best promo of the bunch. Now, we've got Bronson Reed and and Nakamura, and Ricochet's at at this match uh, at ringside for it. So, you know shenanigans are coming, right? Now, we get a great match between these two guys. I, I keep saying it on the show. I'll say it again. Bronson Reed, when he was released from WWE NXT, he went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He main evented against Okada, and he beat Okada, guys. So Bronson Reed gets the win against Nakamura here on Raw, but after some shenanigans with Ricochet. Now, on the outside of the ring, there's a cool little spot with the chair where Ricochet gets out of the way. Shinsuke lands in the chair. Ricochet's behind it. He kicks the chair. Launching Shinsuke into Reed, hitting Reed. Uh, really cool spot here. Ricochet, Nakamura are going to have some beef in that Money in the Bank ladder match in a week. I'm sure this coming up, Raw, uh, the week next week's Raw, I'm sure we're going to probably see some sort of triple threat or something going on with Nakamura, Reed, and Ricochet. I also have a funny feeling that Bronson Reed might get involved in Money in the Bank and screw Ricochet or Nakamura out of it or screw them both out. So, I see a little bit of a triple threat feud happening between these three guys for the foreseeable future. That's my prediction. Anything can happen. This get scrapped tomorrow. I didn't talk about it in the beginning of this episode because I felt there was more things to discuss. But that whole opening segment of Raw, there's rumors that uh, Triple H had written it to be Champa answering the open challenge. Then he had rewritten it because he didn't want Champa to get a loss in his return. Then there's rumors saying that Vince was the actual one to rewrite it. Guys, I don't care if it was Triple H. I don't care if it was Vince McMahon. I don't care if it was Linda McMahon. I don't care if it was Stephanie, Shane, whatever McMahon, Helmsley, whatever. I don't care who it was. That opening segment of Raw was damn good. Now, getting back on track, let's take a look here at the main event of the night. Now, previously throughout the night, we've had some funny video, backstage videos with KO and Sammy. They get an interaction with Gunther and Imperium, but we also have Sammy telling KO, listen, man, I. I think you're a rageaholic and, and KO being h- hysterical. What do you mean a rageaholic? I'm not a rageaholic. What are you talking about? So just, dude, KO is one of the most relatable wrestlers the last couple of weeks. Like, listen, I'll be real. I don't have, I don't have patience nor any kind of fuse where I can deal with stupidity. And that's the exact thing KO's got here. KO just does not have time for stupidity or stupid people. And I feel you, KO. I'm right there with you, brother. There's not enough of time in the day to deal with stupidity. Uh, and, and KO just wants to fight, guys. What's the whole moniker? Fight Owens fight. KO's here to fight. He doesn't want to talk. He's sick. He's, you know, battling the wrestling tropes out there the last couple weeks. It is just funny stuff from KO. Now, a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, well, when when Triple H, you knew Triple H was in control because KO was serious on the mic and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, you know, there's multiple levels to wrestling and wrestling characters. Like, there's serious KO. You know, there's funny, humorous KO, just like Sammy. There's funny, you know, heel Sammy. And then there's serious heel Sammy. And then you've got, you know, nice baby face, funny Sammy, underdog. So, guys, you, you forget that, you know, there's there's layers to them, right? So everyone gets on, the, on this whole thing about, oh, well, KO was booked more serious when Triple H. And I don't really want to hear it, guys. I think KO is still being effectively booked. He's on Raw and SmackDown. And he's the undisputed tag team t- uh, champion with Sammy. What more could you really ask for? Yeah, I want a world title for Kevin Owens as well. And, and same for Sammy. Both of those guys welling, wellingly deserve a world title run, uh, especially Sammy. He's never gotten one. Really funny stuff here. We also get during this now, Sammy gets a text from Cody Rhodes because earlier in the night, the Judgment Day lay out a challenge for a six-man tag against Cody and two partners of his choosing. I immediately figured, oh, it's Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane. I was right. Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane are going to accept Cody's request and be his tag team partner tonight against the Judgment Day. But we also got a really funny segment with Akira Tozawa where Akira Tozawa shakes Cody's hand. Uh, Cody tells him, I like your hair. Uh, and Akira is like, if you need a tag partner, I'm your man. Like, it was just so funny, guys. R- really good content here all-, all across. You know, Akira Tozawa had always been running around with the 24-7 title with, uh, with R-Truth. Speedy recovery to R-Truth. He's out with a- an ACL injury, actually. But, like, now Akira Tozawa kind of, like, disappeared for a little bit, and now they're kind of bringing him back the last couple weeks uh, in, like, these little comedy-supporting actor roles. I like it. I think it's fun. We, we need that break on on Raw. Like, and if that's a Vince thing or a Triple H thing, whatever, guys. I don't really care. I think it's funny. So, back to the main event. Cody Rhodes, The American Nightmare. Whoa! Versus The Judgment Day with his tag team partners, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Really fun, frickin', Six man tag match main event for RAW. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Cody KO and Sammy, great chemistry. You know those guys, friends for for years. Kevin Owens always. I always see Kevin Owens wearing a Dusty Road shirt. You know Kevin Owens was part of that batch where Dusty was still down in NXT. Same with Sammy. So it just they all mesh well together. These three. I, I love the the tag dynamic they all have together. The Judgment Day lose this match, and we kind of knew that was going to happen, guys. Let's be real. Um, Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn taking on Priest, Balor, and Dominic. Yeah, something's got to give. Dominic uh, ends up getting a haluva kick in this match and a stunner, and Cody hits Priest with the Cody cutter, and they win. So Priest eats the pinfall here. Interesting to note because there is definitely some dissension within the Judgment Day with Finn and Priest, and we know Finn was talking to J.D. McDonough last week, so they've got history. Could we see the Judgment Day replace Damian Priest? I don't know. Could we see the Judgment Day replace Finn Balor? My money's on Priest because I think Priest recently could do better as a face than he has as a heel. Um, I guess time will tell. I like the dynamic we were getting here. You know, Cody is not focused on Brock anymore. He's focused on Dom. Now, we know Dom and Cody are going to have a match on Money in the Bank. I have a funny feeling Brock is going to accept Cody's challenge mid-match. Dom and Rhea are going to somehow... Maybe Rhea's not even going to be ringside. Depends on if Rhea's got a match on the card or not. But I definitely could see Dom getting a cheap win over Cody thanks to Brock Lesnar, setting up, you know, the inevitable third match in the trilogy between Cody and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam with a stipulation, as we've all kind of guessed. Now, when we really look at Raw, guys, a really another solid show. Uh, You know, I've kind of decided going forward with the show, we're going to really cover the main things, and we try to cover all the main things, and I was able to sprinkle in some side things here and there for us. So we will be right back with NXT from Tuesday night, and this week's NXT is a special one, because this week's NXT was NXT Gold Rush. Now they off with Mike. Now they off with Mike. Now they 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 off is. with Mike. All right, folks, we are back, and we are talking all things from Tuesday night NXT. And this week's episode of NXT is titled NXT Gold Rush, as well as Next week's episode of NXT is going to be Gold Rush. The reason it's Gold Rush, guys, is because we've got some titles on the line the next couple weeks. So this week, we are going to see the North American Championship defended by Wesley, and he's taking on friend, ally, whatever you want to call him, Tyler Bate. You guessed it, guys. Free agent Ali, Mustafa Ali, is the special guest ref for this title match. And, And let me tell you something. This was such a good match from the action we got, but it was an even better match thanks to Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali has to be one of the just criminally underrated guys on the on the roster right now. Whether you're talking main roster, whether you're talking NXT roster, underrated. We get so many little Ali trolls from him being a ref where he starts with a really, really slow count and he does a really, really fast count. He grabs Wesley, throws him back in the ring. He slaps the shit out of both of them to like wake them up and hype them up. They're confused after the match ends. <laughs> and and they're looking at each other like, "Did that just did that really? Yeah, that just happened. I'm pretty sure that just happened. He just did that." In a in a in, in a couple weeks, uh, I'm sure we will see Mustafa Ali taking on Wesley or a triple threat formed here between three guys. Really good match, really fun. I love Mustafa Ali being back in the NXT. I really think that's going to do wonders for him and really help him show how damn good he is. Now, after this match, guys, like I said, Gold Rush keeping up with the theme. We've got a number one contenders triple threat match for the NXT tag title. So Gallus, the Gallus boys, are going to have to defend those titles next week on NXT Gold Rush. Now we get Malik, Blade, and Idris Anofei versus Hank and Tank and Briggs and Jensen. Malik and Idris win this match. These two young studs, they are so talented. They have just scratched the surface of their potential. I cannot wait to see when they're firing on all cylinders, when the developmental process at NXT really starts clicking for them. These guys are going to be really, really freaking good. They're your number one contenders. They're going to be taking on the Gallus boys next week on NXT Gold Rush. Now, speaking of the Gallus boys, we are, in fact, going to see the underboss. Tony D's still in the slammer, guys. Then about a month. Man's still in jail. Doing hard time. Doing harder time. Longer time than our good friend from Monday Night Raw, Dom Mysterio. So, Tony D's got the edge there. He does attack Joe Coffey later on in NXT. I just want to talk about it here since we're talking about Gallus. He attacks Joe Coffee when the Gallus boys are leaving NXT. Uh, he gets him, throws him in his car's trunk, and drives away with Joe Coffee. Hilarious, guys! I, I like I said, I, you're your host here. I'm Italian. That's my that's my heritage. That's you know that's my background. That's my family. So just to have like you know the mob boss, like an, obviously I wish he wasn't a mob boss, but like just to have that Italian. Um, heritage representation on NXT, just like everybody wants, you know, to have their culture, their heritage, you know, showcased on television, right? I, I love to see that we've finally got some Italian dudes in the roster, uh, and they're mixing it up with just about everybody, and they're-, they're leaning into the whole Godfather Mafia thing. I think it's funny. I get a kick out of it. I'm not offended. Uh, so I love it. I love what we're seeing there. Now, after this, guys, We are going to get Cora Jade taking on Dana Brooke. I see a lot of hate on the internet wrestling community for Natty recently. I see even more hate for Dana Brooke. Guys, enough. Enough is enough. Like, I I talked about this. She even tweeted, you know, oh, I must suck. I I guess I suck. Sorry, guys. You know, I guess I I suck. I'm the worst. You know, everyone showing support, us here at the podcast, me showing support. You know, listen, Dana Brooke does not suck. Dana Brooke is... Dare I say, one of the hardest working women, and she doesn't get the credit she deserves for it. Dana Brooke has been with the company for a decade, guys. Just just un- maybe just under a decade, maybe a little less, but she's been with the company for almost 10 years. And she just doesn't get the exposure and the television time that she needed to really get a fan base. Like main event matches I've watched of hers, against Zia Lee this last past week and and some other main event matches, she's a great reaction from the crowd. NXT, she goes down to NXT, has a match with Corey Jade, Corey Jade beats her, you know, Dana gets kayfabe hurt, not really, I guess, you know, storyline hurt, and she's about to be stretched out during commercial break, we don't see this, we see it after we get back from commercial, Uh, and the crowd is literally chanting, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye, to Dana Brooke, which is just so disrespectful. You know, Cora Jade has her in a submission. The chance, the crowd chanting for her to tap. I mean, nothing different than what we see on on pro wrestling normally. It just felt a little bit more aggressive towards Dana Broke. Like, there's so much hate she gets, dude. Like, I don't understand it. I'll never understand this internet wrestling community and how toxic it is. I'm just starting to, to get into it. I'm obviously, with the podcast... We have to keep our our thumb on the on the meter, I guess, so to speak, intermingling and and being out there and staying out there for marketing purposes and and you know exposure for for us here at the podcast. But all I have seen is just goddamn negativity, and I hate it, guys. And this is stuff that podcast hosts I've heard talk about in the past. I see wrestlers tweet about it. I hear wrestlers talk about it in promos, guys. Enough with this shit. Stop just viciously hating a superstar or a wrestler for that matter, and just being a an out dick about it, an asshole about it. Like, you know, Hey, if you don't like Dana Brooke, that's fine. Don't like Dana Brooke. But you know what that old age old saying goes, m- you know, most parents should have taught you. It. You don't got nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. That's just a little absurd guys. I- I'm not a fan of it. I think you guys need to just go out there, get some air, maybe go touch some grass as CM Punk and, and the internet likes to say. That's my personal opinion. That's my, my belief on it. Listen, if you don't like a wrestler, then don't support them. Don't, watch their matches, don't care about them, just, hey, you know, whatever. Oh, Dana Brooks on my screen, cool. Move on. It's not that deep. After this, guys, Lash, Legend, and Jakarta Jackson, who I'm big fans of. You've heard me talk about them for quite some time now on the show, versus uh, Ulisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. Great, great display of the four new women to the NXT women's division. Um, I like what we're doing here. We're establishing Lash, Legend, and Jakarta Jackson in the tag team division to start. They're a part of the Metaphor group with... Noam Dar and uh, Mensa Aura. Uh, I like this. They do win Last Legend and Jakara Jackson. Throughout NXT, we had a lot of video packages and backstage segments. So I'm going to kind of break into that real quick before we get into the actual main event of NXT, which is Seth freaking Rollins post Finn Balor stomping his ass in, taking on Braun Breaker for the World Heavyweight Championship on NXT. We're going to get there in just one moment. We have Nathan Frazier rewards Dragon Lee with the Heritage Cup title match next week on week two of Gold Rush. Gable Stevenson is on NXT and he's offering help for Eddie Thorpe in training for a match against Damon Kemp, which is going to be the revival of Raw Underground. Now, if you tuned out of Raw during the pandemic, we had a, uh, like in the last hour of Raw, we had a little bit of an edgier Shane McMahon hosted, like an underground fight club. We had strippers, we had dancers. We had, you know, bare-knuckle brawls happening with a a ring with no ropes and no turnbuckles. You know, very UFC, kickboxing, fight club, you know, based. Raw Underground is coming back to NXT in two weeks, guys. I'm excited to see what happens. Do they bring the dancers back? The Raw Underground dancers? I guess time will tell. After this, going into kind of the segments we saw on uh, NXT, Thea Hale and Chase, you were having a pep rally for Thea Hale, having her match against Tiffany next week in week two of Gold Rush. Tiffany comes out. Thea Hale locks a Kamora honor and Tiffy Tabs. Uh, really fun segment. We also saw the schism kind of infighting happening with the dyad and Joe Gacy. Ava Rain, of course, being the voice of reason and bringing everybody back together. Uh, we also get Gigi Dolan and Keanu James are going to have a match next week on Gold Rush as well. We also get an insane video package about Von Wagner's childhood and they got me to care about Von Wagner and I knew it was coming. Man, oh man what a, what a rough childhood this dude had. And and God bless the guy for making it this far and following his dream. So much love to Von Wagner. I can't wait to see what happens to him. I'm a big fan of his now. And then of course we do get Carmelo Hayes and Baron Corbin engaging in a promo battle. And I'm not going to get too far into the promo. Now my personal belief was that Carmelo Hayes won this promo battle. Now Baron Corbin did say some fire lines in it. You know, I, I'm going to have my hot ass wife pour me a, an expensive drink of a bottle you'll never be able to afford in my expensive chair, in my expensive house. There's some really good lines. Carmelo, in my opinion, kills him with the, well, at 26, I'm doing this, and at 26, you were getting cut by the Arizona Cardinals, bud. So there was just some fireness there in their promo, hyping up the NXT title match on week two of NXT Gold Rush. And I don't know, all things point to Carmelo Hayes win and retaining his title, but could we see Corbin win the NXT title As just like a shock? Maybe. I guess we'll find out next week on NXT Week 2 Gold Rush. And now getting back to the main event. The World Heavyweight Champion Seth Freakin' Rollins. Making his return to NXT since he had shown up and interrupted a takeover a couple years ago for a match with Triple H. Seth is back and the crowd is happy to have him. Now the crowd was not happy to have Dana Brooke. but They're more than happy to have Seth Freakin' Rollins. Seth, great match here with Braun. Now, I will say this was, in my personal opinion, this was really a showcase match for Seth. Seth had a lot of offense in it. Frog splash through the announce table, a pedigree, a stomp, uh, and, and a 1-2-3 and a win for Seth. Now, Braun did have a couple big reversals in the match, big counters, and he did spear Seth. Uh, so, Seth did take a gnarly spear, adding to the rib injury, but... I don't know, Seth turns into Superman when he has an injury. In, in a, in a couple of years ago, he had a rib injury at SummerSlam. Man, went crazy. Um, I, I just can't talk enough about how, well, how good Seth Rollins is and how well him and Braun worked in Mesh. Braun Breaker is ready for the main roster, ladies and gentlemen. It is, time, it is time to get Braun up to the main roster, and I have a funny feeling that might happen uh, maybe around SummerSlam time unless they wait it out another year, but I don't really think there's much for Braun Breaker to do. Seth gets the win after a pedigree, a couple of stomps, and Rollins is still the world heavyweight champion. So Rollins will still be taking on Finn Balor and Money in the Bank unless Seth decides to do an open challenge this Monday on Raw. Highly doubt it, but really good NXT, guys. NXT Gold Rush Night 1 really set everything up in course and action for NXT Gold Rush Night 2. So I'm looking forward to NXT this week. Can't wait to see Gold Rush Night 2. And stay tuned, guys. Because we'll be back with our final two segments of Are You Not Sports Entertained? That's gonna be SmackDown, and the final mouth off with Mike is going to be WWE based solely this episode. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now off with Mike, now off, with Mike, now off with Mike. Welcome back into the second to last segment of mouthing off with Mike. This segment, we're going to talk about Friday Night SmackDown from this past week. And guys, SmackDown, a couple hours before the show went live, we were promised or it was advertised that we were going to get a triple threat match with LA Night. Yeah, taking on Santos Escobar of the LWO and Butch of the Brawling Brutes the three competitors from the SmackDown side who qualified for Money in the Bank, we were supposed to get them in a triple threat tonight. Unfortunately, uh, Card is subject to change when it comes to wrestling, so we don't get this match. We actually get LA Knight versus Rey Mysterio. Another match that was also changed in the last um, few hours before SmackDown went live was Bayley was going to be taking on Shotzi, with Bailey's money in the bank spot on the line. Now that match was also replaced and taken off SmackDown this week. In place, we got Charlotte Flair woo taking on Lacey Evans. Yeah. Um, so SmackDown already seems to be maybe some changes like we had t- discussed earlier on the Raw side with. Maybe Vince having his hand in the pot this week, or Triple H decided at the last minute he wanted to make some changes. I don't know. I've seen a couple different contradictory, contradictory reports here, so I'm not going to speculate. Let's just call it, hey, changes happen. Card subject to change. Now, getting back into the show, we do start Friday Night SmackDown off with the ones, the true ones of wwe the usos and the usos cut a great promo uh building up this civil war match between them and roman and their other brother solo at money in the bank next saturday uh great promo from the usos we get the uh infamous line is back now um instead of the usos saying the bloodline is in your city Uh, Jay goes to say it. Jimmy stops him. No, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Jay's like, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Then we get the Usos are now in your city. And we also get the return of Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary. So the Uso Penitentiary is back open and it is back locking down competitors behind bars. So I'm excited for this resurgence, I guess, but the Usos really never fell off at all during this. So I'm just happy that the Usos are now back to being them, back to being the Usos that we knew from prior to the Bloodline and, you know, even early stages of the Bloodline. It's great to have the Usos they look like they're in better spirits and they they look like they're having fun again. They they are also a little torn. They do go on to say Jay goes on to say, you know, listen Uh, I'm happy, but really I'm not not happy at the same time because we still have to go fight our family next week. And, you know, family's supposed to uplift you. Family's supposed to make you feel better. Family's supposed to be there for you. You know, and we got to go fight our family next week. So really good stuff here from the Usos. Like I said, Jay deserves like a supporting actor Emmy nomination. The Bloodline Story deserves an Emmy nomination. If there's anybody who knows how to do this, go ahead and nominate uh, The Bloodline Story for an Emmy. Now, after this, guys, like I said, change always going to happen in pro wrestling. Uh, And unfortunately, we do get the LA Knight, yeah, taking on Rey Mysterio uh, in a match here. Great match here. Crowd, another week of me saying the crowd loves LA Knight. They were in Cleveland Monday Night Raw. LA Knight showed up, surprise. Crowd went crazy for him. He cut that scathingly hot promo, roasting everybody, even Logan Paul's dumbass. L.A. Night is over, guys. I, I said it earlier in the show. It's over, it is an overabused term, but it, it's accurate here for L.A. Night. He's over with the crowd. It doesn't matter where he's at. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He he might not even be on the show. In, in, for example, with the press conference from Night of Champions in, in Saudi Arabia, the crowd's chanting his name. He gets the win here against Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio. After the match, we're leaning back into this LA Knight being a heel thing. Guys, the general authentic reaction, the natural reaction of the crowd, they want to cheer him. They're not booing him. It'd be a different story if they were booing him like Dom, and yeah, you're going to lean into that. But they're cheering him, so I just think they should go in a different direction, keep him face or you know, give him that full push in the right direction, or I guess keep him in that tweener role where it's like, you know... You like, to, you like him, but he also is kind of a bad guy. I don't know. Missed opportunity if we do not put the Money in the Bank briefcase on LA night next Saturday or, at that matter, Logan Paul. Logan Paul's a big star. I can't deny it, guys. I love to hate him. He's good at what he does, and, and he, he's picked up this industry so fast that I can't argue if he were to win. I, I understand the logic behind WWE on a business standpoint. Now, on a fan-emotional connection standpoint, it's L.A. Knight should be your winner. Uh, For your story alone, L.A. Knight should be your winner. I guess we'll find out next weekend. Now, after the match, like I said, L.A. Knight getting back into that heel that we've seen him be. You know, he goes to rip off Rey's uh, mask. Uh, Santos comes out, makes the save. But L.A. Knight gets a big win here against a WWE Hall of Famer. After this, guys... Another uh, good match on SmackDown. This match, thankfully, was not changed at the last minute. It was still Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, taking on Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, the NXT Women's Tag Champions, in a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship unification match. And I don't know what you guys want me to say about this. I knew Ronda and Shayna were going to win. Ever since they won the tag titles when Liv got hurt and they never really lost the titles, Liv and Raquel, I knew, we all knew where this was headed. They're building Ronda and Shayna into the dominant tag team, the most dominant women's tag team we've ever seen. And that has to continue. And they they beat Alba and Isla. Now, don't get me wrong. Alba and Isla have a great showing in this match. Unfortunately, Ronda and Shayna get the better of them. Now, during the match, before the match, Raquel, former women's tag team champion, was sitting ringside. Now, I did tweet. I was a little confused, like, hey, what's Raquel doing here? She doesn't have a tag partner. She's technically not in the tag division anymore. I was wrong. I should have kept my mouth shut. I should have let things play out, as they do with WWE. Raquel challenges Ronda and Shayna for those now unified, undisputed women's tag team championships. And... She says, we, we challenge. And Shayna says, who's we? The last time we saw you, we were taking you out. We were kicking your head off. And the last time we saw of your partner, she was hurt. Cue Liv Morgan's music. Liv Morgan is back, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Liv. Uh, She was out with a slight shoulder injury. Now, I was under the impression, and I believe a lot of these wrestling dirt sheet journalist uh, companies were also under the impression that she was going to be out of competition for probably most of the summer, if not, maybe till, you know, um, July, end of July, August, September time. So definitely later in in the month, but she's back here um, just in time for money in the bank and just in time to reignite that rivalry between Rhonda and Liv and more specifically now, Rhonda, Shayna, Liv, and Raquel. So I'm excited to see where this heads direction wise, storyline wise for all four women I think it'll be good. Liv and Raquel are great together, a great tag team, great chemistry. Ronda and Shayna are a good tag team together as well. Hard-hitting, dominant, and they've got good chemistry as well. Now, I'm not the biggest Ronda Rousey fan, but tonight she did cut a little bit better of a promo towards Raquel and everything. Um, So we'll see where this heads, and if it heads in the right direction, then I will take back everything I said and I'll eat my words and you know I'll be a fan of Ronda. I'm always going to be a fan of Shayna, big fan of hers. The announcement during this match that the women's tag team champions, the undisputed uh, champs, will defend those titles on all three brands. So this means Ronda and Shayna will now be on Raw, Ronda and Shayna will be on SmackDown, and they also will be probably popping into NXT Tuesday nights every once in a while. Don't be surprised if we see that starting either this week on NXT Gold Rush Night 2 or starting the following week in two weeks to keep those ratings high for NXT. And, you know, we did get the report that NXT this past Tuesday night, I know we're talking NXT during SmackDown, but it's notable it's worth talking about. NXT with Seth and Braun in the main event drew about 950,000 viewers. So big ups there. That's a big number for NXT on Tuesday nights. The women's tag champs, they'll be showing up on all three shows now. After the match, We do get another edition of the Grayson Waller Effect, hosted by none other than the dynamite from down under, Grayson Waller. His guests tonight are Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy, your number one contenders to the Undisputed Tag Team Championships held by KO and Sami Zayn. Now, those titles will be on the line next Friday from the Friday Night SmackDown in london we do get a little bit of a hype up behind the, on this match now i will be honest guys the the grace and waller effect this week fell a little flat crowd wasn't into it crowd wasn't the best crowd for this segment particularly i i'm gonna let this play out i don't think a one-off with a, a a light reaction uh constitutes you know this being labeled as a as a failure or they're not over or they're not clicking it's a one-off i think the last couple weeks the crowd's been very receptive. I know for a fact the crowd was respe- receptive in Wilkes Bear when they were out in SmackDown um, because my buddy was there and he told me the crowd was chanting for Grayson Waller, so they were chanting for him. Uh, I know last week same deal. I'm gonna let this play out, guys. The crowd hasn't really seen him wrestle yet, at least like the main roster crowd. You know that that may not tune into NXT regularly or or in the past. So I'm gonna let him kind of get his his first match, his first feud, and then we can kind of make the the grade on you know did the Waller call up hit. Or did it not hit? Good little segment. It does set up the Street Profits to come out. And the Street Profits are hilarious, guys. Montez with a line tonight was, oh, y'all think y'all so cute with your chest, dad. And he does a little dance. He does a little voice. Dude, Montez Ford is so damn funny. And so is uh, Dawkins. They're, they're so talented. I've always been a big fan of the Street Profits, NXT till now. I'll continue to be a fan of the Street Profits. I hope they never break up. I, I always see the rumors about, oh, Montez is going to go on his own and there's going to be this heel turn. I hope that never happens. I hope they're like the New Day where they never break up, that if they decide to go for singles championships, that they just do it and they support one another like the New Day have in the past. Great little match here. We get a funny moment in the match. Montez throws on Elton Prince's uh, crop top, his, I guess, you know, man bra shirt, his little blouse. Uh, We get some funny memes out of it. You'll see it when I post this episode. Don't worry in what I'm referencing. Good stuff here from both of the tag teams. Pretty deadly get-the-heel win. Foot on the ropes. Kit Wilson holding down uh, Prince's legs on the ropes with the shirt that was removed. So uh, Dawkins is pinned. Great little match. Pretty deadly looking strong heading into their championship match next Friday on SmackDown. Uh, we get Flair, uh, Charlotte Flair taking on Lacey Evans. Like I said, this match was replacing Bailey and Shotzi. Charlotte beats Lacey and I think, maybe five minutes, maybe five minutes max. After the match, Charlotte's celebrating, Asuka attacks. Asuka gets the edge for their match next week on SmackDown from London. Now, after this, we are going to get our main event, and our main event was set up earlier in the night. We did see Ridge the Fridge, Ridge Holland, from the Brawling Brutes backstage. He ran into solo you know ridge is like well, what's your problem solo spikes him backstage just completely decimates ridge sheamus ends up coming out midway through the show and challenges his solo to a match in the main event of smackdown and we end up getting that match made official sheamus and solo have an absolute great main event in my personal opinion for tv for this episode of smackdown which you know, definitely was missing that usual spark from SmackDowns that we've had the last couple of weeks because of the changes suddenly, and I, I just think they changed it too late on with the show to be you know within an hour or two hours. So I don't think they were able to make everything gel how it normally would have. It was still a good SmackDown. The main event for me definitely was really good. It was a hard hitting affair between Sheamus and Solo, as it should be. The match ends in a no contest when Solo uh, sets up Sheamus outside against the barricade and hits him with that, that that hip splash and through the barricade, sends him and Sheamus through the barricade. The ref calls it off. Solo then goes on to beat Sheamus a little bit more before the Usos come out. The Usos super kick Solo, hit him with the double super kick. Then they're going to leave. But then they're like, no, no, no. They go back in the ring. They hit Solo with another double super kick. Then they hit him with the Usos splash, and they stare down Paul Heyman to end SmackDown. Guys, this episode of SmackDown was really good. The Bloodline Civil War is heating up. Whose side are you guys on? Are you on the Usos' side? Or are you on Roman Reigns' and Solo's side? That's the real question when we look at the Samoan Bloodline Civil War match next week at Money in the Bank. I'm going with the Usos. I love me an underdog story. These guys have been used and abused by Roman for three years, Jay especially. So I would love to see the Usos, the best tag team in my opinion, in their opinion and everybody's opinion of this era of wrestling for WWE. And dare I say, one of the best tag teams in the world. My dream match will always and forever be the Usos taking on the Young Bucks. Hell, even a, even a triple threat with New Day in there is, is another dream match for me. Who do you guys got next week? Are you on the Uso side? or Are you on Roman and Solo side? We'll be right back with the final mouth off, off, off with Mike. Welcome back in. This is your last segment of the show. This is my favorite segment of the show. I hope it's your favorite segment of the show. I'm going to assume it is. The final mouth off with Mike. And, Guys, this week's final mouth-off is a little bit special. This is the first final mouth-off where it's just going to be a mouth-off about WWE. So, let's get right into it. My final mouth-off for this week is this. It is a massive missed opportunity to not put the money in the bank briefcase on one of your most over, your hottest, most popular superstars Right now, L.A. Knight, yeah, you would be a dummy, yeah, not to put this Money in the Bank briefcase on him. Now, from a complete and utter business standpoint, I understand the potential for a Logan Paul Money in the Bank win. Now, that's going to cause a lot of fans to be upset because he's a part-timer. And you're going to put Money in the Bank on a part-timer. And more than likely, he's going to cash in on Seth because of their history. And if he were to successfully cash in on Seth at, say, SummerSlam, then you're putting the title on a part-timer, something you already have with Roman. Now, Roman the last couple weeks has been on television more and more. He wasn't on TV this SmackDown because, quite frankly, you're hyping up Money in the Bank next week, next Friday you know, with the with the London edition of SmackDown. So I understand holding him off for next Friday, you know, next Saturday for Money in the Bank. But if you do put the briefcase on Logan Paul, yes, a lot of eyes are on him. Social media megastar, quote unquote. But it, it is going to upset, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if it upsets the roster. You know, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it were to upset majorly the fans who have their minds set on LA Knight winning, that they've booked it fantasy-wise, that he's going to win no matter what happens. And guys, I'm a big WWE fan. I'm a big wrestling fan. And I know that this is the case. We've had many instances of us believing that a superstar was going to win a certain match and that result not happening. Don't work yourself into being upset about the result of the match if LA Knight does not win. Now, I am a strong believer that it would be a very bad decision to not put it on him and use that to really put the rocket to him to the next level because he has it. He has it, guys. He's had it since he was Eli Drake in Impact and he was in NWA. He's had it, guys, for a long time. The NXT run was great. It only makes sense right now. Put it on the most popular guy besides your champions, besides Cody Rhodes. You know, you, when you look at it, Seth, Roman, Cody, those are some of your biggest names, your most popular names, your your highest merch movers, of course. The Usos are right there as well. But we're talking singles titles. We're talking money in the bank. It's LA Knight, guys. He's naturally over. He's done it organically. Something that WWE had tried with Roman, and I said it earlier, they tried to organically get Roman over, and the fans rejected it. This this guy's getting himself over without even trying with some of the shittier gimmicks that WWE's tried to put on him, and he's making it work. He's made it work. Big, big mistake if it doesn't go this direction, but I get it from a business standpoint if they go Logan Paul. Now, my other mouth-off here this week uh, for the WWE side is this, guys. If you don't like a wrestler... Don't be mean to the wrestler on social media because the wrestler more than likely might see that and you might hurt their feelings a little bit. And I know that sounds silly. They're, they're, they're in the limelight. You know, they have to have a little bit of thick skin, but guys, there's a difference between not liking someone and then full on bullying them. And that's what we saw this week, you know, with the Dana Brooks stuff. So be a little bit kinder. If, if you didn't see the Von Wagner video on NXT, it talked about it earlier in the episode, remember, we all have our own battles that we go through on a day-to-day basis. You don't know my life. You don't know their lives. I don't know your life. Don't assume you know what's going on in someone's life or someone's world and pick them apart like that, especially if you you never met the person. That's just my two cents on it. Listen, guys, we've got a great weekend of pro wrestling here this weekend. I'm not going to talk about AEW. They've got a whole pay-per-view thing going on. You'll hear about it uh, in the episode Sunday morning. Um, But don't forget, guys, Money in the Bank next Saturday, July 1st, live from London, the O2 Arena at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A massive, massive premium live event for London. I'm excited for it. I'm not going to get too much into the details and the matches on this week's episode, but next week's episode, we are going to deep dive into that Money in the Bank card and potentially have a special episode for you guys next weekend if we can squeeze it in thank you guys so much here for listening to the first wwe only episode of mouthing off with mike are you not sports entertained don't forget to mouth off with me guys on social media m-o-w-m underscore podcast twitter instagram let me know what you thought about this episode here down below uh don't forget guys we do have a couple sponsorships now we are sponsored by w energy if you guys are looking for a great pre-workout that does not have any calories no sugar and as well has no artificial flavors and preservatives w's a great alternative to some of the pre-workouts that are out there as well if you're looking for some new wwe merch don't forget to use our i should say my link to wwe shop down below in the description of this episode to get yourself some new fresh merch they just dropped a whole new summer collection they just dropped the 35th anniversary for Sean Michaels. And they just dropped the 25th anniversary merch for the Rated R Superstar Edge. So don't forget to check out the links below. There's some discounts as well for Dubby. And don't forget to mouth off with me. Thanks for listening, everybody. they're I'm coming off, off with Mike. My-